Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 189, a very special edition of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my maintenance man, Willie Salem. Today we are joined by Brian Snyder, Nebraska. What's the, All these titles confuse me. Associate head coach, assistant, head assistant coach. What's your official title? Associate head coach. Associate head coach. I should have just went with my assistant, gut there. Assistant to. Assistant to the head the coach. regional director. No. Snyder's in just a little mini vacation. Last night we had copious amounts of shellfish. Do you, Are you into, do you like shoot oysters? Do you ever have a? I don't know how to shoot oysters. What does that mean? You, you, you know, you slurp them. Slurp that's, it, that's, I would never. There's also oyster shooters that are in like a shot glass with Tabasco. No. You don't. You don't get down. With I don't do those things. No. Snyder stuck mostly to fish. Mm, shrimp. Shrimp. You didn't, you didn't I don't get, do. I don't. I don't do oysters. You don't do oysters. No. He does coffee. He does, he's a big coffee guy. Big coffee guy. He knows what's big in Europe. Coach Brian Snyder. He's a coffee guy. If you don't. Have, if you don't know Willie, and uh, Coach Brian Snyder, former BFFs, both both. Uh, Easton legends uh, for for different for differing reasons I would say for different reasons for different reasons but best friends so now they're here uh, you know you're on vacation post NCAA's how's it feel that uh, another season's in the books it's good you know obviously we you know you always it's three crazy days so with you know there's always ups and downs and um, but you know it's good for all Americans and. Uh, you know, we had we lost a couple guys in the round of twelve. Willie says Nebraska has the most round of twelve losses in the last three years. I don't know that for a fact, but it seems See, like it seems like, it that. Seems it like seems you like have that. a lot. Suflon Suflon took was round of twelve seven years in a row. <laughs> seven years. That's got to be tough. Lambert this year, another guy. Yeah. You always, you always want to see, like we were talking about, George DiCamillo, round of 12, round of 12, round of 12. You like to see him get over the hump. You know, sometimes when those guys are round of 12, um, you like to just see him get their AA thing. Um, but good year, and now I mean you have the you have the trials coming up too. Uh, yeah. You're hosting them. Um, in it's, it's in that new in Lincoln. Uh, yeah, in it's, Lincoln. It's going to be in Devaney. So in Devaney's Devaney. been you know reconstructed after sort of five years now. It used to be the old basketball arena. So it'll hold about 
I think the upper bowl holds about 5,000, maybe 5,500. And so it'll be intimate. I mean, it'll, it'll be good, but it'll be, it'll be intimate. That's good. Yeah. Um, so a, a lot of different directions we can go here, Coach. Um, I guess the, the topic du jour, or what, what wrestling fans are, are talking a lot about right now, is the video review process, um, how that works. I, I know coaches are being openly critical. Tom Ryan had a very critical tweet about the officiating process. And uh, we, have a, we have a clip of the infamous Bo Jordan-Mark Hall uh, match that was kind of put this topic front and center Saturday night at NCAAs where, um, you know, it's it appeared Bo Jordan had a takedown. I don't know what you thought, Coach, but just maybe your thoughts on, on the review process in general. So I, I, I'm not very active on Twitter, but the other couple weeks ago I, I had a couple comments. So I'm pretty passionate about what I think is essentially a flawed system. So you have the same you have the same two officials reviewing the call that made the initial call, which makes zero sense, right? right? It's like sending the same court case back to the same judge and jury and expecting a different result. So two things, I think that you need to have independent review, and I also think that you need to put whatever the, the, reviewable, the reviewable, reviewable action needs to go up on the big screen, mm -hmm. like UWW does. Why, what is the rationale for, for not having that why would you not have it on the big screen i mean they showed it briefly on the big screen for a second and then they pull it down have you ever asked or does anyone know why that would be the case that's a good question i don't know they're so secretive about the whole the whole process and what what's even more frustrating is not only do they not put it on the big screen they stand around the, the little closed circuit tv and don't let you even see what they're they're reviewing yeah they're very um yeah, I remember. So sometimes in some tournaments we do we do the review. So I'll be calling a match and then I'll pull up the review. And they want the volume down. They don't want anyone to hear what they're saying. I'm like, why why wouldn't you want us to hear mm -hmm. what you're talking about? Why? I mean, it's, why when, would you um, prohibit transparency? I feel like when when UWW went to the video review, um, I feel like at first they were like closed off. They they were like, no, it's only for the jury. It's only for this group. And then after a couple months, they were like, "No, this is, needs to be transparent." They didn't, you know, let's show everybody. And so, um, I think the NCAA should do the same thing. Now, the I think maybe one excuse, and and so you don't hear anything about this, right? You don't hear anything from them. The NCAA or the officials' association doesn't make any statement and say and say, "Well, the reason why it's this way, or the reason this." So you almost have to guess at what the rationale is. But in a regular season dual meet, let's say Penn State's at, um, I was at Nebraska, right? They might not have an official. There might be a money thing. We're not going to, they don't send an official there to do an objective review, a third party review, or in that case, second party, which, okay, maybe that's understandable. But that, at the NCAAs, they should have a guy in a booth, right? A third party in a booth or, or two guys, Absolutely. two guys in a booth and uh, there, why can't you do that? There's no, there's no rationale, and they should have it at that way at all conference tournaments. Yeah. So, so they always send a second ref, and Manning has been adamant about this for a number of years now. So just pay what you were going to pay the second ref, and make that be the independent review. There you go. Because when does the second ref ever overturn anything? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to realize these guys are buddies, right? They're not going to overturn their buddy's call. They, 
you know, they, they, they lock her together. They, you know, they eat breakfast together. They have, you know, they probably have beers at the bar afterwards. It's a fraternity. And that's, that's actually one of the reasons, one of my concerns, everybody immediately goes to, everybody immediately goes to, there should be a third party review. There should be a, a guy in a booth making the review. The guy who makes the call should not be the guy to review it. And my thing is all the officials are going to know who the guy in the booth is. So if you if you overturn, if Piles makes a call and I'm in the booth and overturn it, three hours later, Piles is going to come up to me, why'd you overturn my call? Yeah. That's why it's got to be someone that's in, in a position of authority or an elevated position above Mike those Allen. guys. Mike Allen, Tim Shields, someone to that respect where, you know, they're the ones making the calls or they're the ones at least in charge of the accountability. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't ever see it. I would think, hey, that was a terrible call. Their supervisor should have a talk with them at some point. I don't know if it ever happens. You know, I remember they put they put out a statement last year with the uh, Brooks Abinator. I don't know if you remember. Remember this <laughs> match where Brooks had Abinator pinned, and they called an illegal headlock when it was just the most legal headlock of all time. Yeah, and basically it cost Brooks a pin, and so they put out a statement of that. But I would like to see more of that. More of that. Hey, this this got messed up. This was a mistake in process. Yeah, just admit it. You know, it, it, even the NFL, it doesn't ever change anything mm-hmm. for that match, but at least it shows like some kind of which way they're going and, and how they're feeling, and that there's um, mm-hmm. maybe some level of accountability. That's true. And and you know, one another excuse that they might have, or another rationale that they might have is, well, we can't have a booth review. We can't have a, we can't have guys in a booth at regular tournaments. At regular dual meets, therefore, it would be different to have it at the NCAA. So what? So what? It's it, let's be let's be honest. The NCAA tournament's more important than a regular season dual meet or Cliff yeah. Keen, Southern Scuffle, Midlands. I'm sorry, it is, and um, and it, there also is precedent for that. The NFL uh, puts more officials on the thing, and the uh, World Series. There's an additional refs. There's additional umpires. Right. right. In the World Series, there's umpires down both lines. Yeah. And so you, you don't have to. I don't think you need to rationalize having additional fit referees at all. I'm just getting I, yeah. into like it's, it's tough. It's tough when there's no transparency and then you have to speculate what they might come at you with if they yeah. ever do answer. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea of reviewing your own call is is on its own. Just really yeah. confusing. And I mean, you can go down the list. Snyder, like he said, is. Is uh, not a big Twitter guy, but he felt the need to to say something. Tom Ryan felt the need to say something. A lot of coaches are speaking out about this, and and hopefully there's some changes. I mean, if anyone from outside our sport looks in, like I said on Twitter, it's laughable yeah. that there's any that there that this process is set up to actually get the call right. There's just so many flaws in it. It it makes no sense. I would love to hear in, in you know the a statement or interpretation of why it is the way it is. But I do agree that maybe just at conference tournaments, at the NCAA tournament, you have an independent review mm-hmm. um, booth, whatever, table, and then, you know, they make the calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we were also talking um, last night about, or we were talking earlier before we went on air, that you do agree with, um, in, the, in the video review process, you do agree with everything after the change of the call stopping at that moment because it... It changes situations. It definitely does. You know, if you if it's a you know say it's a say it's a one one match and I get a takedown, um, 
or say I don't get the takedown, right? And then I chase a bad position and he ends up taking me down. It makes sense that wherever that you you come back to wherever the point of controversy was. Like we were watching the we were watching the Bo uh Mark Hall clip. If they do call that for for Bo, maybe Mark bellies down. Maybe Bo gets in a safer position instead of chases to, continues to t- chase it too. So it does it does change some things. Well, and so for third and fourth at in the Big Tens when Dudley was wrestling nickel. Um, there was a review. We re-reviewed a call. We thought Dudley had weight on the hands and had a takedown, which would have made it 10-8 Dudley in the third period. They never called it. Dudley chased Nickel into a bad position, which ended up with Nickel hip-tossing him, putting him on his back for six, so for two and then for four. If Dud- I would have liked to think if Dudley would have gotten the two, he wouldn't have chased that position. He just would have let Nickel go. That's right. Um, and that, in that case, it would have made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And so we reviewed it. They didn't overturn it. Um, but in that, in that case, it definitely makes sense because it changes what, what Dudley would have done. What percentage of, of your calls do you feel like get overturned of, of the t- times you review? And one thing before you answer that, we, we notice a lot during NCAAs, a lot, of, a lot of YOLO challenges. Coach is just like, well, why not? Maybe they'll give the, give the two. Um, do you guys ever do that? Just put like kind of a hail mary situation. There was something like sixteen challenges overturned the whole tournament. Sixteen out of, out of, out of eighty. How, out of eighty. That's that's a very small percentage. Yeah. I mean, you used to, and you can you know you you coach internationally on the highest level, and you see you see a lot of those after the buzz that are what we call YOLO challenges. There's nothing to challenge. There's nothing to challenge. Right. Um, yeah. So how do you feel about that? I mean, if you you know if you have them. You know, if you have a challenge to give, you know, NCAAs, you get three challenges. So if you have one to give and you think there's a shot, I would say if there's, you know, if there's a glimmer of hope, then yeah, do it. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Everyone knows when, when something's challengeable. Do you feel, and this, this is, you can say abstain to this question. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to press you too hard. But um, this, there's a lot of chatter about it going around. Do you feel like any particular school or schools get more calls and or do you feel like there should be some insight and stats into that i mean i'd like to look at the stats and insight for sure i'm i'm all about transparency i would love to see a statistical breakdown of what what schools throughout the course of the year or the course of five years i mean how long has video review been since since the inception of video review let's look at the stats who's got the most calls um i think you know statistics would be helpful I know that we don't win particularly many of them. Um, some other schools do, but I, I won't comment. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. But the, pro- the the issue is not whether we whether it's set up to you know to to cheat or to screw one t- one school or another. It's just the process is what I'm what I would love to see some commentary on. I'd like to hear you know the the head refs what they're what they're thinking mm-hmm. and what they're if they even care if it's even. You know what we're talking about if it even you know a blip on their radar yeah i don't know i feel like the the hall jordan match is definitely more than a blip on their radar that's a huge huge moment in wrestling and there yeah, hasn't been you, any comment on it yeah but you really no. but you really don't know that christian i mean as much as we like to think that man this gotta be keeping them up at night we don't know that i mean you know the the mantra in the mantra in uww is you got to win. Eh, it's a call. Eh, you know, not a big deal. I don't know if it's that way with NCAA officials, but it certainly is with UWW officials. Eh, it happened. So, so what sport gets the video review correct? You think? I think the NFL. NFL, does. NFL? Mm-hmm. for sure. 
Uh, um, I think baseball does too. It's used very rarely. I mean, honestly, uh, basketball is pretty good too. I mean, it's not used very much in the NBA, but when they use it, in 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 basketball, they have the same refs reviewing their own call, correct? Or do they have an independent? That's always always looking for like three pointers, like where the right. foot was, time. If time was up, well, so that's, that's a good thing too, though. Refs can uh, refs in wrestling can review their own in NCAA, and there was twelve of those this year. There was twelve. There was twelve. Ins- there was twelve instances where the ref went like this. I'm going to take a look at my own call mm-hmm. or yeah. my own non-call. And you know what it was? Six and six. Six times it, they kept it as it was. Six times they overturned it. Much now think higher. about that. Fifty percent compared to the uh, eighty. By the schools, sixteen overturned. Right, and I don't. That is that is maybe my biggest frustration with the review system. It's like there are there are a lot of difficult calls, especially in folk style wrestling. Why would you not want another look? Why wouldn't you want to make sure you're making the right call? That is literally your purpose. That's why you're there to ensure that it's right. Is it is it an ego thing or is it a time thing? Because you know that these calls are very close and the, and the naked eye can only process information so quickly. Why would you not just, let's take, let's take three minutes and make sure. And I, I know that's, maybe you could say it's a slippery slope. I don't, there's some just clear examples that I remember. I'm like, why would you not look at that? Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, for sure. Also, I don't know if this is a thing, but I feel like maybe wrestling, they're so high level now that they get into positions that even makes oh. it more difficult. All right. I got to talk to you about this. I'm sick and tired of watching kids almost get taken down, pass a leg, hang out on their back for 35 minutes, and, and there's no two called just because you have a foot right here. It, don't you think at some point the scrambling has evolved to a place where we don't want wrestling to be, where you're rewarded? We used to reward going out of bounds, and they changed that rule. Now we're rewarding going to your back by, by getting a stalemate when you, you're just hanging out there. Is, is it time for folk style rules to be tweaked a little bit? I think, I think, there, I think there's definite um, instances where, although you may still have my foot or my ankle or whatever, if I have you controlled, if I have the action controlled and you're on your back, no matter what you have of mine, I think it should be, I think it should be two. Yeah. Um, yeah, you see kids. You see kids with an ankle, but the other kids kind of over top. It has you planted. They won't give you the two. And I get it by the definition, but maybe they need to, maybe need to tweak that. And what if they just be, again? What if they? I mean, it's going to be tough because it, it's going to add a lot of you know subjectivity to the call. But maybe it's a count. Maybe yes. if it's if if you if I if I hold five you count. there for three or five seconds, then. You know, then then it's a takedown. Yeah, there's an audible count. The guy's on his back. That's gonna force this guy's either gonna just bail because he's about to give up six points if he mm-hmm. hangs there, or he's gonna have to do something else. But he's not gonna be able to it, hang there. I it's think, really interesting. I think the count is the solution. I, yeah, I think that's a great point. I didn't even think about that, but it's it would mitigate the th- like scrambling to me is what. Is an awesome part of the sport, uh, an awesome part of folk style, and you can make the argument. I'm a big freestyle guy. You can make the argument that allowing leg passes in folk style kind of hurts our development in freestyle because you don't get away with that stuff, right? 
But I'm also of the opinion when people argue back and forth about rules, um, I'm also of the opinion if you if you like folk style, if you if, if you like NCA wrestling, then don't make it freestyle. I don't know. I guess sometimes I'm contradictory on that. But um, I think leg passes and scrambly and scrambly stuff is is a thing that makes NCA wrestling great. However, when a kid passes a leg to avoid a takedown, that's a great part of wrestling, and it's a fluid part of wrestling. But when he gets stopped there, that's a fail. So the I, in my opinion, you're right. The count would be great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We fixed that. We're solving a lot of your We're problems in CAA. So just these are free. Just free tips here from Doctor Brian Snyder. Why, why, why don't we ask Brian? I know another gray area I don't know how much you can comment on but early commitments there's a lot of, all kinds of stuff going on with that that's that is hot in the streets right now early commitments um, many are saying these kids need to stop committing so early it's bad it's not good for wrestling it's not good for the sport it only benefits you guys the coaches um, and, you know and you're seeing a lot of changed minds you know Gavin Teasdale Iowa now Penn State Michael Beard Northwestern now not Northwestern but maybe Northwestern. Maybe Northwestern. Uh, you know what Holmes Ryan said that to me yesterday. He was like, he's like, Beard decommitted from Northwestern but still has him in their top three. And in wrestling that never happens. It, in wrestling, if you decommit from a school, that means you're not going to that school. That happens in football all the time. Really, all the time, all the time. Okay, it's 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 when someone commits in football, it's it's almost like. They could fifty. There's fifty fifty as to whether they're, they'll honor that commitment. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we're allowed to talk to juniors now, how we used to be able to talk to seniors, and so the game is sped up a bit. And I, I don't. I don't think it's a huge problem. Like I said, it's nowhere. We're nowhere near where, at least we haven't been where football or basketball are. Um, you know, a lot of it should be. You just have to be careful. And, you know, I, I, you're trying to build your program, and you you do your research, and you you, you get identified. You know, you identify a guy that you you like that's going to fit well in your program. You know, you, you help them understand the constraints you're up against. You know, whether you're our guy, um, and and we want we want to put, you know, we want to put the offer on the table to you, but you can't pressure them. I think it'd be interesting to see the guys that have decommitted was, was there pressure from the coaches on the initial commitment. Now, I don't know that, but you, you have to make it so you're up front with them. I'm a big transparency guy. So you let them know where you're coming from and then, but also, you know, not to pressure them. Yeah. You know, and Gavin was a sophomore when he committed. So at that point he can't even be talking with coaches. What's what level of contact can you have no, he, as a sophomore? You as a sophomore, you can call coaches. You can you know, call. You just them. can't receive calls from them. Okay. Yeah. So you can. And and you know, Gavin was in camps with Terry. Yeah, and if right. you you know if, if you once you're at teams. a camp, you know once you're at a camp, you know you paid to have instruction from that coach or that coaching staff, and you know, obviously you can you know have conversations about it then, but you can always call a coach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, even in this in this day and age, we're we're. We're seeing kids recruit to schools that don't even necessarily want them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, not want them, but right. Well, they I aren't really part of their plan. Well, I think they have other plans. I want to say that's happening at one school. Is there yeah. any other? Is it happening anywhere else besides Penn State? Mm, who else know. is Who else is getting verbals from guys from decorated guys, and they're like, 
you know, this happened with, with Haynes at Penn State. You know, they, mm-hmm. they got Nevels. Um, and it, it somewhat happened with, with Marsteller as well, you know, where they, he had verbaled and then things changed somewhat. And that's this is a little different situation. That was but, a different situation. But yeah. it changed a little bit, you know. They're saying maybe you need to look elsewhere. And now um, you wonder, are you seeing this with Roman Bravo Young maybe now that Teasdale's on board? I don't know. And, and Mike, you brought up, you said something about how it is in, in football and basketball, how, um, you know, it's not that level yet. Is it bad if it gets to that level? Is it bad? Who's it? Is it just bad for you guys? Or is it like, is it actually bad for the sport? Is it actually bad for the athletes if it's, it becomes this huge thing where they're all verbal and early and changing their minds a thousand times? Now, look at Iowa, right? They... They miss out on Mejia and and Renneria and Renneria and then Teasdale and then Teasdale doesn't go. That's that's kind of a an extreme case. But uh, how much does it, like Christian said, mess you up? Maybe mess your budget up, change some things up. I mean, it's. I mean, anytime you anytime you have a kid decommit, it messes with your plans for the future. Um, that's why I see you, you. It's got to you got to have a special relationship. I mean, at least in my mind, is you know you. you you got to feel pretty good about the kid, you know, and and be upfront with their parents and what you know. It's, I mean, you just got to you got to be upfront, and you can't. And I, and I don't think you can pressure them. But I think that I don't know. I mean, maybe we are seeing a growing trend towards more decommitments, but I don't know why that would be. Maybe be just because we have the we 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 can now talk to juniors like we used to talk to seniors. Maybe that opens up. I don't know yeah. an avenue for more flexibility. Just because there's more commitments, mm-hmm. gotcha. and 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 I think part of it too is I mean undisputed that being able to talk to juniors has exacerbated this, but I also think it's part and parcel is that there's more information out there now. There's more video of kids. Coaches know who they want earlier. Uh, there's more rankings, right? So coaches are identifying who they want earlier. There's enough tape on them. And so the process is sped up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Where to next, Will? Well, I think uh, where to next, we have we have NHSCA's Flow Nationals and and Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic, but then right into freestyle. Well, you, you have uh, Labriola. L- Labriola at Dapper Dan against Caleb Romero is probably the premier match. you got to feel pretty good about Labriola, right? I think everybody knew coming into this year that Labriola was a hammer, and then, and then he was a real hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, obviously, we, we feel really good about Mikey. Um, he's, he's, just got, he's just taken off this year, as some of his results show, um, just getting better and better, which is... Yeah, it's great to see. Looking forward to seeing him wrestle this weekend. You have you don't got you don't know like we talked last show about projected lineups um, right after NCAAs. It's a great year. It's a great time of year for projected lineups. And uh, right after NCAAs, me and Kyle went through about ten, fifteen teams. But you don't know yet, right? You don't know if a Labriola or a J Rent will start next year or Red Shirt or what. No, we we always keep the option open, but a lot you know there's a lot. You know, the, we got a summer. A lot of it depends on how much the ki- how much they grow. You know, is Mikey done growing? You know, 
obviously I think Jay Rent's pretty pretty firmly a 33 pounder. But Mikey, yeah. there's still a question mark as to you know how big or how small he'll stay or how big he'll get. You got a nice run there um, in that weight with young guys with with Labriola, Bresky, Venz, Schultz. Oh yeah, Bresky. You got a nice run there, and then you you might. You might have good problems to figure out, or if it all works out weight-wise, that'll be a nice run for the future. They're all freshmen. Um, but, yeah, so at right after this stretch with, with Flow Nationals and HCA's Dappers, we're into freestyle season. So maybe talk to Brian a little bit about that. Yeah, what's the, what is the um, the transition like, folk style to freestyle? You're going to have guys wrestling at the Open, wrestling for junior world team spots, um, especially guys that were in – competing the entire year yeah um what's that look like the transition period how much time do guys get off i know uh coach sanderson said in his press conference we got freestyle practice monday um is it that quick of a turnaround for you guys well our season our spring break happens the week after ncaa so it's a nice little you know it's a it's a good transition because it gives the guys a week off and and then we're back at it so monday we're back at it with freestyle getting guys ready to go now if if certain guys need a little bit more time whether they have you know they're dinged up from season um those guys re- they don't need to jump back into it too quick right um but yeah we get back at it monday and um you know our guys will be training right alongside jordan and james and austin trotman you know their their competitions are the same date so it all makes sense yeah that's perfect so you got you have those those guys that red shirt maybe like a chad red and some others mm-hmm. just they're probably chomping at the bit to get on yeah. and to, to compete. Um, What's Red's um, folks or freestyle experience? I, he, I can't remember. Fargo he champ. Went, he won Fargo. Fargo. Yeah, hmm. he won Fargo. So that's a pretty good freestyle. Experience. He didn't wrestle. He didn't wrestle last. He, he didn't wrestle last year. Yeah, yes, he didn't. How's he doing? He's one. He's one of my favorites by far. CJ's doing good, man. He's he's really good. Yeah. As, as you know, and he's he's a great kid. Really hard worker. Um, yeah, he's he's doing gonna, the right he's thing. gonna be special. Yeah, doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so is he gonna go to juniors? You think? Yeah, CJ will definitely be in the mix um, for for sixty six kilos. Oh, at um, well, there's what what else can he go? That's big red. That's what we call that. Six, I mean, if he went sixty, I don't 60's know. Sixty's one thirty two. Yeah, no, um, he'll, he'll be at, he'll be at sixty six. That's gonna be a wicked, wicked uh, weight class. Sixty six is gonna be wicked. Could be fire. I mean, because if Yanni goes there. If he's healthy, uh, Griffin Perry. Uh, I'm, I'm going to miss a bunch of kids. Kanan Store. Kanan Store. It's going to. Well, be, Kanan, I don't know. Kanan, maybe Kanan drops. Probably not though. It's going to be legit. Um, maybe Jaden Ironman's in the mix again. There was a bunch. We had that list going. Mm-hmm. I mean, Griffin Perry has been DMing me for like three months because he's red shirt like, <laughs> I can't wait 66 <laughs> like the week before two weeks before NCAs he's like 66 kilograms is gonna be fire I'm like yeah big Griffin, 10 brackets came out but, bud yeah but we get big 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 tens are this weekend <sighs> but I love it Griffin's love great it. Griffin's a good dude um Martino just walked oh. in uh what else did I want to say about um transitioning Transitioning to uh, to freestyle, so you got, you guys had a spring break, and now you now you'll get into it. Yep. Um, you know they're talking about recently maybe aligning the weights with juniors. I'm waiting to hear what they say about that. Uh, that the seniors 
and the juniors. <laughs> I don't know if it matters. Why don't they have the Greco and the freestyle weights aligned? Did it ever? <laughs> did it ever matter? Oh, well, so I, I'll tell you one reason. Oh I'll tell you one reason. It, we talked about this the other day. Why would they not have the freestyle and the Greco weights line up? Stupid, right? Like stupid. Like like human beings that wrestle Greco are a, bigger, a different size. populace, right? But here's the thing. I thought about this afterwards, and I, I didn't think about it. I remembered why. Do you know that they kept this is a this is a true story. They kept certain weights for certain people. They kept seventy four kilograms for Jordan Burroughs. Really? They moved Greco up to 130 kilograms for one reason, for one human being. And this is a fact. They moved it up for Mihan Lopez. Oh, He wouldn't have been able to make it. I think 130 pounds. Really? He wouldn't have been able to make it. See that big? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've took a picture with him. I mean, at that point, when you're that much bigger than me, it's like hard to put in perspective. This is true Godfather. news. Oh, the Godfather's in here. Why don't we go to the peanut gallery? Martin's in the peanut gallery. He's the yeah. CEO, but he's in the peanut gallery right yeah. now. Martin, what are you doing? I just thought I'd come and see Mr. Snyder. Dr. Snyder. Dr. Snyder. I'm sorry. Jeez. It is Dr. Snyder officially. Respect the so. degree. What's up, Martin? Not much, man. Would you guys you guys uh, do a recap of NCAs? Yeah. Hey, you know, you sent an email about uh, transparency in yes. our fantasy league. We're talking about transparency in in video officiating and video review. What do you think about um, an official reviewing his own call? I don't like it. Um, and the reason I didn't like it at NCAs is the amount of social pressure there is with the fans. I would like to do a study and have us understand. I'd like to do a study and have us understand how many calls get overturned when you know an official's wrestling the home team, right? Or the officials refing at home at Penn State. How many times do they, you know, get challenges that they overturn the calls in favor of the home team, right? Because I think there's a lot of pressure there, especially when, you know, half the uh, quarter of the fans are Penn State fans. Well, when um, we came back, when we were driving back from, from Stillwater one time, we found that article on NFL that said that there are more judgment calls made on the opposite side of the field from the from the team they call it on. Yep, exactly. So, so they so, don't they will not make judgment calls next to the coaching staff. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, it was a great article by Five Thirty Eight in which they basically statistically proved that NFL refs, which are probably pretty well trained, who do this for a living, right? And are not that that the NCA refs aren't, but these are probably cream a la creme in terms of refereeing around the world, and they're affected by coaches jabbing, right? And they they proved it, and it was a brilliant analysis and proof. I was like, how could they possibly prove that? And they did, and we should you know we should include a link on this on this podcast. And what I see at the NCAs is like they need to have a ref outside the venue. In a booth, like in the bowels of the arena, right, where they're not affected by the fans, they're making a call based on the video video that they're seeing, right? And it's not about I, – I feel like there's a lot of social pressures. I mean, I see it here with really senior people is if you're in a room with 10 people and eight of them are, you know, saying this one thing, the ninth person is more likely to, you know, to go along 
You know, they're they're not necessarily going to say, hey, you know, let's, I, I disagree, right? And so it takes a really special, unique individual to say, you know what, I'm not going to go around with the momentum that's going on here. I'm going to stand and, you know, say and do something different because I believe it's the right thing to do. I, I just think it's really hard. And so I think, you know, there should be that third party objective view that, that just confirms or denies what the ref called. Yeah, let's hope we see some some kind of. What does Snyder think? Do, what, does Snyder, do you think that the Bo Jordan Mark Hall call was a reversal, or was or was that just a pure Mark Hall takedown? Oh, he went right on the spot. He put him right on the spot with this one. Um, my my whole focus is the pro is the system. I think the system's broke. Like you said, I think that it needs to be need to have independent review. So regardless of whether that was two or you know. Regardless of what I think about that particular instance in that match, the process is, is flawed. Yeah. So it needs to be it needs to have a third per, a third party independent review. But I think that the the reviewable action should be on the big screen for everyone to see. Yeah. That way, you know who's you know what where they're making their basis where they're making their judgment from, and then you can you can call them on it. Yeah. I mean, more transparency is better, right? I should mean, be. There, there's. There's nothing. Have you no harm I mean, in doing they, that. They they actually guard the if this is the yeah. if this is the review when they, when the refs go Matt side to do the review they they guard it they don't even let they don't even let you see what they're what, reviewing. What could possibly be the rationale for that? I don't know. You're not allowed to see it. Like like the whole thing's not gonna be on flow in an hour anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah. we're not here, like it's not our video. Yeah. Like like ESPN's not gonna put it up. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, so are you not allowed to talk of comment around he, you know those other teams? Matches you can't talk about it. He no, could. I can talk he about could. it. Yeah. It's he just, just being a good. A I'm being a good politician. Prohibition. All right, well, but one one thing before. So gravity. I hadn't thought about. So the question then, Martin, is I hadn't thought about the social pressure of putting it up on the big screen. So mm -hmm. you know, so say you say you're in a say you're in a Carver. say you're in Carver Hawkeye, right? Yeah. And do you put it on the big screen? Does does how you balance that? Like, does it make sense to put it up there because you're having more transparency, yeah. or does that does that then, you know, create Pressure. a bias? Yeah. But if it's off, if it's a third party, if they're off site, yeah, maybe I, that's the way to do it. Maybe you have it off site. I had to have it at the Big Ten office. Someone sitting there. Yeah, I mean that that would be probably a little bit more intensive in terms of the commitment that they'd have to make in terms of financial commitment to ensure that they can they can do that. But um, that would be the most ideal. How hard is it to throw a call back to the stream? To, yeah, this to throw a stream back. Not far, not hard, right? Not hard, not hard, not hard for us. And and NFL, I mean, they those guys in NFL do it, and Major League Baseball do it in a booth in New York. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. Um, Let's move that way. Hey, here's another Settled. thing. We're talking about a lot of different. Um, I mean, is it? It's pretty rare that we can all agree. Yeah. How many people have? But that's, that's I Dr. never agree with Snyder. Dr. Snyder's a uniter, not a divider. Snyder. That's the thing. Um, let's not get into that. What? How's the Trump? I'll drop Trump here. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> I almost. Uh, no. Too hot. Too hot. <laughs> Too hot. He won't. He won't comment on the Bojo. Uh, yeah. Our call, call, but he'll 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 take down the wall. So uh, you guys clearly think that it was two. I, yeah. I mean, only if they follow wrestling rules. If, if it's wrestling, <laughs> if it's wrestling rules. Only if it's still folk style wrestling in CAA. Wait, uh, so Christian, you thought it was two on uh, Bo Jordan over Mark, on Mark Hall? 
Bo had a takedown. Yeah, and then it should have been a reversal, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that wouldn't have been the call if it was reviewed. Oh, it would just been two. But yes, ultimately, mm-hmm. if that action had just been called correctly in the moment, yeah. it would have been two it and two. It would have been two and yeah. two. But if they reviewed it, it would then they actually. Two. And that doesn't right. mean that Mark Hall wouldn't have won the match. Yeah, anyways. no, yeah. doesn't mean that. Does not yeah. mean that. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm looking at this. What, what, what about the um, uh, Bo Nickel Gabe Dean? That was two. That was two with when Bo Nickel did that when he put the leg in. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's that's so gimmicky. That's such a weird like, like I that's two like letter of the law. But like you're on a single and you just slip a, a boot in. I don't know. It felt like a weird. Uh, it didn't feel w- like control to me, right. but I don't know technically in terms but of... But letter of the law, it's... it's was like it two, two. Uh, Kyle? Brian? Brian? Kyle Snyder. Snyder. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't I, I didn't... I haven't. I didn't see that one. I didn't see the review of that. Oh, really? The, I saw it live, but I didn't see the review. Huh. Yeah. Well, you're talking you, about... Yeah, you're talking you about Nickel and Dean? Live? I, I had to... I was, I was opposite where the leg got thrown in. So I was on the other side of the... Uh, I was in the stands, like opposite side of wh- where he threw the leg in. So I couldn't see whether it was in or not. Come on, Ryan. Sitting on the fence God, there, Snyder. So I really didn't. I, I haven't Dude, seen it reviewed. I really. You're you're a you're a, you're a coach. You should freaking know this, right? This is your deal. Well, no. He wants, he wants to be noncommittal. On these <clears throat> I, I haven't seen that one. I, I saw the. They showed me the review of Bo Jordan and Mark Hall, but I didn't. I haven't seen the the Nickel yeah. Dean review. Hey, what do you guys think of this? Is another topic that just came out. Like, we got some traction on Twitter. Uh, and I think it's really um, one to explore is Kerry Colott's theory about not having red shirts. You get five years to compete in four championships, and there's a lot of value in that, right? So kids, you don't have to wrestle your guy every match because you can put a backup in without hurting his eligibility, uh, which also decreases also decreases his injuries, also increases the participation that the backup's not always – at home in Lincoln, when you your guys are on the road, I don't know, it feels like a solution in search of a problem. It, but there is a problem. What's the problem? The problem is forfeits. The problem is retention. The problem is injuries. Yeah, I, I would think you wouldn't want to. If someone takes a red shirt, they get more time off. So all the things you just said. Yeah, but your starter prevent- gets driven into the ground. Your starter gets driven into the ground. First of all. I don't know how you feel about this. I feel like college wrestling is borderline exploitation. Uh, wh- wh- oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that over the top? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's over the top. <laughs> you're telling me. You're telling Come me that. On, dude. You're telling me that. It's fucking. Aw- it's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. That's why I love Martin. F bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it around here. <laughs> That's how we do it around here. Wrestling and F-bombs. Crab cakes and football. <laughs> hey, listen. It's it's a God's honest truth it's exploitation. Like, you're going to say... Piles? Keep going. Piles had to take his glasses off. Piles, this is not appropriate no, I, no, for I'll tell you one thing. It, let's, I'll make my point about exploitation in a second. But let's just say, not exploitation, let's say the season's too long and injuries happen, therefore you have forfeits, therefore we complain about Bo Jordan not wrestling, therefore we complain about people sitting out matches, therefore we complain about nobody always having their, their whole lineup. Le- Lehigh wrestled 25 duels this year. They had the same lineup about three yeah, times. Yeah, but you never think about the Yang, right? Like, okay, maybe that's a problem, but then what, if you do this, does this create more problems than some other 
other element, right? Like, I just, dude, I mean, it's not that. I mean, and, and you say, you, I, I just want to, I want to say, you know, Dr. Snyder over there says the system's broke. I mean, we got to get away from hyperbole a little bit. I'm going to say it's broke. Could it what? get improvement? Yeah, it can have improvement. It's not broke. Pretty damn good but, NCAs, if you ask me. It's pretty awesome. Sure, there are calls that we do we need to make improvement? Heck yeah. There's improvements that need to be made. I would not characterize it as broke. Mm. I thought well, the refereeing was a lot better this NCAA. I not that it's not about the refs the, though. It's about on the on the finals, you know, reviews. I felt like that was a little bit weighted. I didn't I didn't like the direction of that, but um, other than that, I thought it was pretty darn good. I, I thought the refereeing was good too, but I think the video review process is absolutely broke. I just think it's set up for failure. Yeah. I think, yeah, maybe because it wasn't. I didn't. Th I didn't catch a problem <coughs> with it through the first, you know, through the quarterfinals. Um, but then when it got to the finals, I felt like, yeah, there is there is something that needs to be fixed here. Yeah, and that's the biggest stage, you know. Yeah. Um, but. I think Colot's theory would solve a lot of problems. So basically it would just be red shirts filling in for the, the guy, the starting guy, periodically throughout the year. And not, not having their red shirt burned if they wrestle in a dual meet at home. And also, I mean, there's so many benefits. I don't know what the I don't know what the downside of it is. You like let's say let's say you're you're trying to figure out who you should start at the end of the year. I mean, I know you can start them in open or wrestle them in opens but this will give you more visibility into that this will allow guys to rest this will have full lineups and duels uh this will have guys in the system me and snyder talk about this all the time um when it when it comes to recruiting right you recruit well not recruiting but when it comes to freshmen you have a you have a freshman right a true freshman and you're saying to yourself do I start them or do I redshirt them? He's good enough to start. Is he good enough to start? Some a lot of the theory for years and years and years has been <laughs> I don't know if this guy's ready to go yet, so we might have to redshirt him. Mm -hmm. so a lot of times that's a false theory. The, the the better move is to get him on the team bus, get him in the rhythm. Get him, you know, have him travel with the team. Have him travel, uh, make weight every week. Because if you don't and they're back there, they get in all kinds of trouble. That's what, that was Coach Kolak's one thing he said multiple times. Mm. You leave for a weekend, all these kids do is play Xbox and hang out and maybe, worst case, get into trouble. But they're not doing their schoolwork. They're not in that regimented thing when you're not in the lineup. That's right. So when so not having that redshirt rule, having five years to compete in four championships and compete in duels if you want um, would also keep kids maybe on the road a bit, get them into the system more, as opposed to leaving them back behind there. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Settled. Done. Snyder, what do you think? I'd have to think about it more, but I think that I think there's some merit to what Colot's talking about. And I don't... I, I would like to, to hear the opponents. What, what is the downside of it? Yeah, what's the downside? I, I just think of it like from a competitive standpoint, um, just how it could be kind of if if dual this dual thing like gets more momentum, there's like a true dual championship and things like that. It'll no, never happen. Well, what if you know if Iowa or just to, even win the Big Ten dual championship, you know, if Iowa used <coughs> Marinelli one time to win a big duel against Penn State, awesome. That's awesome, right? Awesome. 
uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking of, of ways it'll affect competitive. I don't. Th- I don't see how it, it would really help the teams that are a lot deeper, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, give no, because usually those teams that are deep have Smart. someone that's non that's not already used their red shirt year that's fighting for the spot. So True. they usually have you know mm. a number two that's decent, like at Lehigh. Mm. Yeah, it okay. wouldn't would that not be awesome? So that would be awesome. So. I, you know, Nebraska's wrestling Virginia Tech in this in this huge duel, and Chad Red wrestles. And Chad Red wrestles. Chad Red comes out. Wow, that's great, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, Kyle Snyder's Kyle Snyder's in red shirt and they're wrestling this huge duel. He comes out to win it in the yeah. last match of the night. He wasn't going to wrestle, but they're down by they're down by three. He gets. You're selling me. You're selling me. Right, yeah. I mean, that's great. <laughs> yeah, but then you can say, "I we didn't really lose to that team." You know, that's Who not. Cares? That's not out. Yeah, I don't care. But, okay, but I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get it. But if the rules were that, you wouldn't be saying that because those are the rules, and you could have done it too. Yeah, yeah. true um, that. Like, can we talk about Lehigh? We brought up Le- Lehigh multiple times. Yeah, but I, mm, let me go. Go. So, a couple mm, weeks ago, get a message. Uh. Pat Santoro under major, not major, but a lot, getting a lot of heat for his performance at at Lehigh, and I'm like, what? Pat Santoro is literally hands down the most respected person that that I know in the wrestling world. I swear, it's like almost like uncanny. I don't know him, the man that well, but you cannot find a person that that will say this is not a great man and coach and leader. If it's a, a, not just former athletes, not just guys on staff with them, around the country. And and, and, and for these guys to, um, and for him to be under any pressure at all is like the most backwards thing. All of the, the lame coaches and, and the guys that aren't getting it done. Mm. And Pat Santoro is getting a shred of... Um, why why, do you, why is such the outrage, Christian? Huh? Why such the outrage? Because it's so backwards. Because I look at, at teams around the country that could be doing so much better that are satisfied with, with mediocrity. And then you have a program that is doing it so right. And I am Mr. Put these coaches under fire. Let's no. not have this. Um, I love Pat. Mal- I mean, I think there's <coughs> there's a probably a consensus of Pat Santoro being incredibly awesome guy. But... You know, just being a devil's advocate here is like, I mean, Lehigh has a, probably a lot of high expectations, and and um, I know Pat Santoro has a crazy amount of. Uh, there's some bad luck early in his tenure there with some injuries and some things like that, but I think he got they're competing for an EIWA title this year, right? They were sure. they were in position. They still went down to Cornell, but you know, there, man, pressure is is good. I mean, I, I mean, in the, in that sense, that th- that means Lehigh's alumni have high expectations. Now, what, the, what their expectations are are solely tied in how they do against Cornell, which is a stupid thing to base your program on. It's how they do against one team. I don't, I don't, don't know, stupid. dude. I mean, I don't uh, think it's stupid. It, it, yeah, I don't know why the outrage. I think n- there's an argument to be made that hey, Pat Santoro's incredibly a great coach, and he should be a coach. But the fact that people are being critical of the results, I mean, to me, that's that's always healthy. And if a coach is really doing great, it's like they should be able to stand up to that. That's what I think. That's what I think too. I mean, I th- I 
I don't disagree with that. So then why the outrage that people are, are, are calling them out? I mean, the fact is they haven't beat Cornell in how many years in the IWA championship? If we want to get brutal here, how many years? Uh, 11. 11 years. Okay. And Lehigh's got a lot, a lot of high expectations. So, I mean, I don't know who you get. There's could be argument who you're going to get that's better than Pansatoro. Right, and maybe there's some other element to the administration. I mean, there's some other element that's going on that's that's causing the problems. But um, uh, Pat Santoro, I mean, we love. I mean, we love Pat Santoro at Flow. He's incredible, and we do the Snake Pit. Who's number one there every year? He's awesome. But I don't think anyone should be above critique if you know they haven't won the conference in 11 years okay and maybe there's something else wrong administratively with the school maybe there's they can't get the right kids in maybe there's other issues um that that should be addressed but results are results and there's high expectations at lehigh i i I think everybody should be held to a high expectation and if you don't um you know far too often in wrestling it's like uh you know as long as you're not rocking the boat let that boat keep going and they're Largely, college coaches are not college wrestling coaches are not held to any standard whatsoever. Just as long as nobody gets in trouble, and um, but Pat Santoro, I mean, great coach, check, uh, great technician, check, great figure, a great leadership, on down the line. Pat Santoro is a stud, uh, and and. I don't know. Right, the, he hasn't gotten the results. Who the do you get to replace him, and what is it? What I is wouldn't want to replace him. The guy's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. replace I think it would be. It's a hard thing to replace. I mean, he took Maryland to incredible heights, yes. right? Um, yeah, they've maybe, also maybe Lehigh just has a ceiling, and and you need to come to terms with it. I don't think that. I don't think that either. I mean, yeah. they've had. I, they've, they, you can they, look. They have a powerhouse <coughs> right in their backyard. Maybe a new powerhouse right in there. Yeah, backyard. Snyder. How about that? Let's talk about. You used to. I used to say District Eleven wrestling, and you used to be like, "Dude, get over it." But they're back. They got some yeah. good dudes now. Absolutely. Well, last year, what they had half the state champs mm-hmm. in twenty in twenty sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. Seven of the fourteen. They had. They had. They had seven of the fourteen last year. I think they had four or five this year. Little, the district uh, seven Whippeal, you know, kicked our butts this year a little bit, but yeah, yeah, they're great. What else you want me to say about D- District Eleven? I wouldn't. Lo- I would Why want were you hating on them, Ka- uh, Brian? <laughs> I want head. you to love your. I want you to love your homeland. I yeah. do. Do you love your homeland? Yes. Then why are you t- off camera dissing your homeland? <laughs> no, fake news. <laughs> 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 All right, a couple. Uh, just before we go. It's almost nine o'clock. Time has flown with Dr. Coach, head coach Dr. Brian coach Snyder. Kyle Snyder. Dr. Coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple of softballs here before we go. Um, what Big Ten coach do you hate the most? <laughs> <laughs> just could it be on my own staff? <laughs> no, okay. we get a, we get along good with with. Uh, Who was the? Um, who's the li- who's the laziest kid you've ever coached? <laughs> Let's name names. Most annoying parent. Go. <laughs> oh man. Pass. Just, kid, just Pass. kidding. He went. He went address the Bo Jordan takedown. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going there with the most hated. Well, uh, you can't. You can't blame a guy for trying. Hey, last night, Martin, we were at dinner. We went to Perla's on South Congress, and and. Uh, Thanks for the invite. <laughs> and Brian, uh, Jess Bryan's uh, paramour. Um, no, I don't know what that means. That I, means I don't know what that means either. 
girlfriend. Said, Let's see if Paramore means girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he have to verify everything I do? Uh, so, but we're talking, and she says, I want to be on FRL tomorrow. Oh. And, uh, and, <laughs> I and, I go, and I go, what do you want me to ask you? And Brian said, why don't you ask, uh, why don't, why don't you ask her uh, how it feels living with the, uh, the best-looking wrestling coach in the country? And she said, I have no idea how Jager's wife feels about him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not exactly how it went down, but it was well, pretty was close. It? <laughs> it was pretty close. No, a paramour is a lover and often a secret one you're not married to. So it's best not <laughs> to kiss and make eyes at your paramour in public. Sorry, what are you reading there? From yeah, a Winnie the Pooh book? Vocabulary.com. <laughs> what do you want? I've never heard the word. The definition includes it's best not to make <coughs> eyes. Uh, that's not the def. Well, that's what it says. A paramour is a girlfriend. It's a lover. A lover. Lover. <laughs> <laughs> what was that Saturday Night Live skit? In the hot tub. Yeah. Remember that one? You remember that one? No. Remember, remember that time? Yes, you do. It's Will Ferrell. Remember, remember, remember oh, when... Oh. Remember when, when Jordan Burroughs won the Olympics? <laughs> no, that was awesome. I, I don't know. You're that talking about awesome. the guy from uh, uh, that does. Do you the, not watch Saturday Night Live like I ever? do? But he, 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 he's, I've watched it with him. He's just the I said the Chris Farley show. You know, you you're talking about the guy that does the. Um, he watches Thirty Rock. He loves Thirty Rock. The best. That's a good show. It's a great show. Big Billy Baldwin fan. Alec. Yeah, I know, but Billy, <laughs> Billy's like taking over the wrestling world. He's Billy Baldwin is the Alec Baldwin of of uh, wrestling. You can comment on that. What did you say Alec Baldwin and Rachel Maddow has the same haircut? He says that in one of his shows. He said I got to go down to the sixth floor and talk to Rachel Maddow. <laughs> Only one of us can have this haircut. Oh, <laughs> oh snap! All right. Well, I guess Rachel Maddow is a good place to stop as any. Um, we could play the play the outro play music, Kai. Thanks for joining. Thanks for yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having me. By. This was awesome. This was awesome. It's great to get the Olympic champ in the house, Kyle Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two time. We thank everyone for listening. We thank Martin for dropping by. Uh, thank Coach Brian Snyder for coming by. And we will be back. This is the new time. So get used to it. Adjust your clocks accordingly. It's not that early, you bums. 8 o'clock in the morning, Central Time. What was the timestamp on Martin's F1? I was like probably uh, 17 minutes ago, I would uh, estimate. So 45 minutes into the show. We will see you next Tuesday, 8 a.m., the new time for Flow Wrestling Radio Live. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.